1: And I started to write something and I thought, well, I could just do that right now. It's just a phone call. I could I could make that call right now. And I picked up the phone and made the call so I wouldn't have to write it for the next week, even though making phone calls is like my least favorite thing to do.
0: Welcome to Scrapbook Your Way, the show that explores the breadth of ways to be a memory keeper today. I'm your host, Jennifer Wilson, owner of Simple Scrapper and author of The New Rules of Scrapbooking. This is episode 52. In this episode, I'm joined by Alyssa Williams for a casual conversation following up on the planner plans we outlined in episode 43. But before we jump in, I want to share a quick reminder. There's just one week left to register for the Bucket List Project. If you want a system and accountability to tell more of your important stories this year, I'd love to see you in class. Just head over to simplescrapper.com list for details. Hey Alyssa, welcome back to the podcast.
1: Hi, Jennifer. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, I
0: am excited to continue our conversation from episode 43, all about planners, because you and I talk all the time and our conversation really continued quite a bit offline as we've been gearing up for the new year and then now launching into the new year and actually doing some planning. Um, I actually shifted gears a little bit. You started using a new planner, the one that you had mentioned on that episode. And I just wanted to kind of wrap up that conversation for our audience. Yes, I'm excited to dive into what's been working this year. So I thought instead of doing our normal introduction here that we would kick things off with talking about our goals for the year, and how we're using the PowerSheets Planner to manage those and really to get us to the point of figuring out what is important for us this year and how do we want to go after that. So you actually bought the PowerSheets Planner just a few weeks ago. Is that right? That's
1: right. I decided to hop on the bandwagon um, in early January and so super excited when my Sheets arrived last week. And
0: what... Kind of what precipitated that decision? Why didn't you do it sooner? And what did you feel like you you were missing as you were going into the year?
1: Well, I did not do it sooner because I wasn't quite sure I needed it. And then as I started working on my um, One Little Word and thinking about what goals I wanted for the year... I didn't have a place. I was doing some stuff on legal notepads and, and following some other uh, planning end of the year wrap up kind of review reflection questions. I use some of your reflection questions from past years and a, another reflection set of questions. And I was like, I just want one place to keep all my goals. I love, my get to Workbook because there's, I can use it in different ways and there's lots of added sheets, but they're, in a monthly time view and they wouldn't be all together if i started doodling on one page in one month i'd have to you know find it again so i decided i i'd, I'd use power sheets before i really like her tending list that comes with the power sheet and decided that i was going to spend my christmas money on this
0: i love it so this is my first year as you know and i of course have you know, seen yours in the past and, you know, seeing how this product has evolved. And I know we have a lot of PowerSheets users out there, but I wanted to briefly talk about how it's structured. So this is, uh, in this iteration, it's a spiral-bound planner. And in the beginning has a, a quite in-depth section that leads you through these prompts of figuring out uh, what's going on for you, what are your priorities, what's important to you, and how do you distill that into... Goals, these big picture things that you want to achieve, and then, you know, sub projects or action items within that. And then it takes you into the quarters and the months. So you can even drill down even further, focus on a, a small number of things. And of course, you mentioned that tending list where you can actually start tracking and checking off these daily, weekly, or monthly objectives.
1: Yeah, it's really. It's a really great product and really helps you drill down into how you're going to complete the big things that you might have come up with.
0: Because I think that's one thing that sometimes can be missing is that there's lots of things out there to help you kind of develop this vision. We've talked about um, Susanna Conway's Unravel Your Year. I love those prompts. But this, I love how it takes you from that big picture brainstorming, that digging deep to the the actionable part that's really going to connect the dots, if you will.
1: Yes. And I really love how she builds in a quarterly reset and check-in. So, you, you know, and she says up front, if if this goal that you set back in January, if it's not working for you in June, it it's your life. You can change it, you know. You can say, I've made progress or I've done as much as I can on this or this isn't, you know, a priority for me right now. So I love that it builds in that aspect too to really help you continue to stay connected to what your goals are for the year.
0: Well, that reminds me of something that Elise said in Big Dreams, Daily Joys, and it was talking about the five-year plan, that it's much more about you right now than it is you in the future. The idea is not that that five-year plan is going to be perfectly checked off. It's about setting a course for where you're headed. And, you know, it's not going to be perfect. And we know that going in, but it's about creating the direction.
1: Exactly. I, I just read that section again this morning and was thinking about how I can apply those principles because it especially at the start of of the new decade a five-year plan is very appealing right now to think about where do I want to be in five years
0: yeah and sometimes it can feel really challenging and intimidating to think about that like is it going to be how how similar and how different will that five-year distance be and or you know do you want it to be Exactly. So you mentioned one little word, and that's one of the things I really loved about this particular set of questions is it really led you to finding that word. And I I sat down with this idea that I was really feeling drawn to the word connect or connection, but I didn't really have kind of the practical applications yet. Just there was something that resonated with me, but it was even just, it was the first page of prompts when new ideas really started to bubble up. There's something so powerful in sitting down, writing with your hand, and just letting whatever comes out come out. And then you're like, oh yeah, that's what's inside of me. And then all of a sudden, all these thoughts and feelings and ideas do come out. And it's just, it's so amazing uh, how that happens. It's almost surreal.
1: Yeah, it's a really powerful thing. And that's why I liked having the goal planner and why i purchased it for this year was because i wanted to go through that exercise i already had some thoughts i wanted a place to kind of store those thoughts too but also work through them in a deeper way and then really just know that i had this check in every month and an opportunity to revisit my goals and make sure i'm staying on track cuz i have some big things i'd really like to do this year that are very important to me and i and i narrowed down my focus and she says, you know, you don't have to have 10 goals. You don't have to have eight goals. You can have two. Two is good. So that really helps me this year in thinking about what I want to look like in December.
0: Well, not all goals are going to be the same size, if you will. You know, the idea is not to right. create like five or six goals that all have take the same amount of time and the same amount of effort. Like if it's like remodel your house and... And then something else, like clean out your closet. Those are very different goals. Um, And so you need to recognize there's different, you know, bubbles around those. Very true. So connecting back to the one little word, did you have your word going into your power sheets? Since you just started, I'm guessing you did.
1: Yes. Yes, I did. And Although when I was going through some of my earlier reflection exercises, my word actually evolved from some of that. And I think if I had gotten these earlier, I think I probably would have ended up, but what I thought my word was going to be at the beginning of December changed by the end of December. Once I'd done all my reflection and my thinking through of things. Do you
0: mind elaborating a little bit more on that?
1: Sure. I was going to go, my word was going to be healthy. Uh, I've had some, particularly at the end of the year, I had some health things flare up for me and, I'm going to a wedding in June and I have been working, uh, since the fall on getting in better shape for that. Cause I'm going to see my entire extended family for the first time in a couple of years. And plus there'll be lots of pictures. So I want to look my best for that. And that's kind of a motivation, motivating me. And I had some financial goals. And so I was going to, you know, I was going with the word, I want to just be healthy for my girls. I want to be healthy as I you know, head into this ne- next decade, I want to have healthy finances. But that really wasn't resonating with me. And through the journaling I did and the reflection exercises, I came up with the word thrive. And of course, when you look up the definition, there's a financial connotation to thrive. Thrive also has to do with your health and growing. And, and it just really resonated a lot more. So my 2020 word is thrive.
0: Oh, I love that. It's it's. I mean, I like healthy, but thrive is very juicy, if you will. It's very exactly Yeah, there's a lot of nuance to it,
1: and it's fun to say. Like I'm thriving, and it's been great because in the mornings when I do some journaling, I think about okay, in what area do I need to thrive today, or how will I thrive today? It's a, like I've let it led itself nicely to a question to kind of help focus my daily goals. So I assume you've
0: read Ariana Huffington's book, yes. And do you do you feel like that? Like I haven't finished. I'm only about halfway through. But I'm curious if that provided any further context for you or influenced this choice of word.
1: It didn't influence my choice of word. In fact, after I, one of my practices is always since I am a librarian to to find a book to read in the first quarter or a couple books to kind of set. It more in my head, and then I would after I picked Thrive, I was like, "Oh, that's right! I read that book by her. I should go back and revisit it." And so I'm I'm in the process of doing that. All right.
0: So, so my word that I pretty much came to after the first page of Power Sheets is home. And so there's a blog post on Simple Scrapper that details both kind of a little bit more about my word and my specific goals for the year. I'm not going to itemize all of my goals. You can read them there. And, of course, it's all very personal in different categories. But I wanted to read a little bit of what I wrote down inside the power sheets about my kind of the context surrounding home and what I'm really searching for. Um, I want to love my home and the people in it. I want to leave my work at the office so that I can make my home a sanctuary, whether that office is this actual office that I'm sitting in now that's still in my home or my other office off campus. Um, I want to find my forever home with food to like really feel like I have a sustainable path. Um, I want to celebrate my creative home, which is both kind of more in a more abstract sense scrapbooking. And then my, my literal creative home is the My Simple Scrapper community. And then I also want to build security for my home, you know, in that that broader, bigger picture, deeper sense of, you know, growing my business and, you know, gaining success in the year. So these feel just very, I feel very connected to this. And, but home, is not something that I really ever, it's definitely never a word that I connected to before. And so I'm just really fascinated to, I don't know, almost step outside myself and watch as I'm digging under the surface and seeing what's there that I didn't notice before.
1: Yeah. It is very interesting how, when you let yourself go through that process, what words will bubble up and how, like, even for me, I mean, I was like, Oh, my word's going to be healthy. This is going to be great. I'm going to be healthy in 2020. Yay me. And then, uh, and I, like I was this close to having ordered it as a custom acrylic from Allie Edwards. And then, I went through the process and it was like, Oh no, my, my word is thrive. I mean, it means prosper, which is to gain in wealth. It's, it's about progressing towards a goal, which I really feel like I've been on fire since the fall of really, you know, making progress on things. And I was like, Oh, my word is thrive. It's, and when you, you just sometimes have to make space though to go through the process, because it is a process and it does take time and it takes some reflection that is not always easy to to make yourself do or find space for.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, how many times did I did I text you and say I haven't started my power sheets yet? I haven't started yet. I'm feeling intimidated about starting my power sheets. Um, why haven't I done this yet? And then all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do one page. And then I did one page, and I had an aha moment, and then I wanted to do more pages. But you know, and I'm I'm a person that really often I connect easily to writing and my feelings, but this felt. It felt very pretty and intimidating to sully the pages with my handwriting. But then once I just dove in, it was okay. Um, But there was definitely, I don't want anybody to think that this was just this, you know, beautiful, beautiful, magical moment as I had gotten out of the tub uh, with a towel in my hair and eye patches and I was just having this great moment. No, I was like frustrated and beating my head against the wall that I felt so intimidated to start.
1: Yes. Well, I'm glad you did. Because how many times did I text you saying, have you done your power sheets? Have you started yet? What do you think? Do you well, like but that? But that and that
0: really helps. Like having accountability from someone else, you know, regardless of who it is in your life to tell someone, this is something that I want to do, even if it's a small thing. Can you ask, even just to tell them, can you ask me about it like in an hour, in a day, in a week? And that is is very powerful because you want
1: to have an answer. Right. Accountability for the win. Yeah. She talks about that in Big Dreams Daily Joys too.
0: So okay, I want let's transition to the next part of the episode here. And I wanna briefly recap very, very briefly, because folks can go back and listen to episode forty-three. Um, of what our plans were. Now, I will say that the gist of that episode is that between the two of us, we've tried a lot of planners over the years. We've had some successes, we've had a lot of failures, and we've learned a lot in the process. Um, But as of, you know, towards the end of 2019, how were you anticipating planning in 2020?
1: I was anticipating using my Blue Sky Planner, my custom planner that I had purchased for work, That's an eight and a half by 11 planner and it has a monthly overview and then it has weekly pages. And then I, at home, I use a get to workbook that's on an academic uh, year, which helps me with planning for my personal life with my children.
0: So you had a pretty clear vision. And I, I'm going to give a little spoiler here is that you've you know, certainly followed through on your vision. You've added on the power sheets. But I really want to applaud your ability of, of thinking through so much and obviously even having the failure with your planner that came over on the boat from Korea. Um, but to get to the point where you were able to start 2020 with a, a vision and follow through on it.
1: Thank you. I I even said to you, I think very early in January, I said, I think I might be able to use this blue sky planner for my entire life. And you were like, whoa. Um, And I've started to dip my toe into that a little. Um,
0: Whoa. I still feel uh, that way about it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) However, it's not quite, I, I really do still need that visual separation between work and home. Otherwise I'm tempted to, you know, think about when I'm not excited about whatever work project I have, I'm tempted to plan my Girl Scout brownie meeting for the night. So that I need that separation of tasks. And
0: wait, you're not supposed to plan your brownie meetings when you're at work.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, you have a (laughs) flexible job, you know, I mean, I'm not saying I haven't done that, but it's not probably what I do it on my lunch hour. Yeah. So However, uh I do like it for be, what is nice for me is because the blue sky planner is all of 2020. I was able to get a really good visual of the rest of the year since my get to workbook is academic it stops in June. So having month views of July and the rest of the year was very helpful as I kind of was la- trying to lay out some vacation plans. And kind of when we would go where and stuff and what that really looked like on the calendar. So I think I have a really good system of of keeping the the work planner, the work planner, but using the calendar a little bit more robustly than I have in the past. And I do like being able to kind of anticipate what my weekends look like at work. So just in case if I'm thinking about it, I, on a month glance, I can be like, oh, that's right, we have this this weekend or whatever.
0: Well, it'll be interesting to see what you decide when it comes time to reorder your get to workbook.
1: Yes, I I really do. I I love my get to workbook, and it's I've been in this really good uh, space of planning on Sunday mornings, and we've got a really good routine right now. And I sit down with my get to workbook, and I I write everything out. I go through my tending list and kind of pull from that of what are my projects am I going to try and move forward this week? What do my, you know, how many evenings am I actually home to move projects forward? And then I also use that, I've been using that as my meal planner too uh, at the top. So my get to workbook is still working really well for me.
0: Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And I, and I think that it's hard to keep the separate as much as you desire separation. It's so hard, though, as you've seen with wanting to use the calendar more. I mean, we only have one life. Yes. So it's but but, you know, I use lots of different tools. But at the end of the last episode, and now correct me if I'm wrong, I think I was at a point of I was going to use pretty Trello for pretty much everything. Like I was going fully electronic. I'm definitely still electronic calendar, but for all of my planning, it was going to be 100% Trello. And that lasted approximately one week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you remember we kept talking about how you wanted you wanted something with a day view. A pr- you wanted some priority tool to be able to just really hone in on your tasks for that specific day. And we actually spent like 30 minutes after you stopped recording, talking about that. And you were like, why didn't I keep recording?
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's just so hard because I, I do love Trello and I'm, I am still going whole hog with Trello. I have this next up board that I love that really helps me keep all of my current priorities in view. Um, but in terms of today, like it's great for this week, this month, this year, But for what I want to do today, it felt very overwhelming. And sometimes I'm just like, oh my gosh, I cannot look at this because I know that I can't do these 30 tasks today. So the first thing I did is I went out and I purchased a really small yellow notebook. Um, It was about, I don't know, a little bigger than 4 by 6 but smaller than 5 by 7 And I'm sure I talked about this in some podcast episodes in between these two episodes. And so I started to try to like lay out just a daily planner where I'd have appointments on one side, like a just a you know the hours down the left, and then I'd have a list of tasks on the right. But the problem is I was having trouble figuring out what was the most important thing. I kept forwarding tasks day to day and I was so tired of rewriting things. like I've never had success with anything that I had to fill in, just fill in a lot of things to set it up every day that always frustrated me. I wanted to just, I'd rather fill in blanks rather than create those blanks to start with. And so it sure. wasn't that long after that I went and purchased the weekly panda planner. Um, and I, I, yeah, I think at this point I have mentioned that on a couple episodes that I have switched to that and I really love it. It's, it's a pretty big planner, but it's a soft, you know, a faux leather cover. It's very, I don't know. It just feels good in my hands. It feels sturdy and i really like having the big week view in a way that i that's never worked for me before i've tried other you know week on two pages planners but something about not having the spiral makes a difference for me because i can there's no limitations of where i can write i don't feel like i'm ever running into that darn spiral with my hand um yeah so i i think i've i've shifted gears a lot more <laughs> than you have at this point
1: So how are you integrating what's on your Trello into your Panda Planner? So
0: I will sit down at the beginning of the week and write down, here's all the things that I want to do this week. And I will put things that could be done anytime in the left-hand column of the Panda Planner um, where there's a, a weekly tasks area. And if there's things I want to do on specific days, I will put those on the specific day. And for a long time, I really resisted that. Uh, but I found that if I was very discreet, as and this is a very small specific task, I would actually be willing to go above and beyond to make sure that got crossed off because I'm a completionist. Like I want to feel like I took, if I have three priorities the day, I want to make sure that I did them. Now, certainly there's some days where I did forward it to another day, but it's really helped me feel like I am being productive and I'm getting at least, you know, two or three things done in a day and to recognize that, no, I can't do everything as I've always known, um, and to make those hard choices about what do I really need to get done now versus later.
1: Yeah, I, it's. I always like it when I don't have to move a task forward. And today when I was clearing the decks uh, at work, I I usually highlight things that I didn't finish so I can kind of go back quickly and see for that week what, what did I not get done because I don't necessarily sometimes like to write it. And I started to write something and I thought, well, I could just do that right now. It's just a phone call. I could I could make that call right now. And I picked up the phone and made the call so I wouldn't have to write it for the next week, even though making phone calls is like my least favorite thing to do.
0: Oh, no, I totally get that for sure. I had a, I had an eat my frog day where I had to eat, make six telephone calls, but I was so glad it was done. And I was in that same boat where I was going to have to write those six phone calls down again for the next week because I hadn't done them yet. And so I just sat there and I did it so I didn't have to write them down again.
1: See, sometimes the writing writing for the win, I feel like that's the theme of the episode. You know, write down down your goals. Think about what you want to achieve. Do a handwritten worksheet. Write down your tasks so that you'll finish them and not have to write them on the next day's list or next week's list.
0: Well, it's interesting because... You know, my system is very analog. If you look at, if you think sheets is analog as the top level of the funnel, this is where like all the big picture ideas are. But then that filters into Trello, where it's very specific tasks that are all right. supporting these goals in theory. You know, maybe not all of them do. Some of them are, ha- are have to do's. Um, but in theory, they're all supporting these goals. But then the day to day has to go back to tactile because. I want that and I need that. And I always go back to it even when I try not to. (laughs) That's where the magic is. Now there's one more thing that I wanted to mention is that the, the Panda planner has uh, at least the weekly section has a really small gratitude section and I'm excited about section and then a reflection at the end of the day with wins and how I'll improve. And I don't fill those out every single day, but I really like having them there it's made it more of a habit to to cultivate that practice of gratitude. And it, it provides a really nice context. I don't know. I I like having it there. And I would I think it'd be hard for me to go to something in the future that didn't have that. I'd I would miss it.
1: So that is so interesting because after I finished reading Big Dream or the no. After I finished reading Tanya Dalton's book about Jomo, The Joy of Missing Out,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I purchased her um daily end of the day wrap up packet pad where you do the same thing. Like you write down, you know, what did you accomplish today? What are three things you're grateful for? You know, how, and then you rate kind of how you feel. And then, you know, what's a number one priority for tomorrow. And you kind of just kind of close your day. And I've been using those to kind of give myself, uh, especially if I feel like, I get to 4:30 and I'm like, "Oh man, what what if I'm not in a good headspace, I'll use those because I find that they really can turn my mood around and help me recognize, "Oh yeah, I did this and I did this and mm-hmm. I did this and and what was I'm great? What what was it that I had gratitude for in my and I try to make it work specific things and it can really be a good mood lifter for me at the end of the day on a day where I might be feeling kind of blah or discouraged
0: well and there's always something to be grateful for and I will fully admit that I've had more than one day where I was really grateful for coffee and warm (laughs) socks and my space heater and you know just like the little things in life but that that give you comfort and help make your days a little bit easier
1: right or like today I was grateful for a coworker who dealt with the difficult patron so I didn't have to and yeah I was you know so I there It's that making that a regular practice though has, can really change your outlook. And once you start looking for that stuff, it becomes more of a habit to always be looking for it. Uh, For example, the other day I left the house and then turned around and came right back because I'd forgotten uh, something that I needed for this errand I was running. I went and ran that errand and then I had to go back to the house because I realized I'd forgotten my lunch. And I walked back into the house after the errand and my husband's like, Oh man, what are you doing back here? You're supposed to be at work. What you know, you I said, Well, I forgot my lunch. He goes, Man, you're having a bad day. I said, No, I'm I'm not having a bad day. I'm I'm grateful that I remembered before I got to work and it didn't, you know, I remembered before it was lunchtime and I don't have to interrupt my work day to come back here and you know, I'm just having a forgetful day. Like, I'm not having a bad day. And I think it's just all in your outlook of stuff.
0: Oh, 100%. I love that. That's a great story. And yeah, I definitely noticed that I notice, like, I don't know, I always, as, as someone who loves to take photos, I, I have this moment where I feel like I take a photo with my eyes. Like, I don't have a camera on me. And I'm I'm not going to go get it. But I like pause for that split second to just notice something. And I've been noticing a lot more sunsets. I've been noticing like the fog over the soybean fields. and I don't know, it's just that that type of thing that just kind of uh, there's a little bit of a snowball to even further gratitude throughout the day.
1: Absolutely. I, absolutely. I second everything you said. like I love looking at the sunrise in the morning and I'm so grateful that I get to see the sunrise. And I know if I would take a picture, it would not capture the beautiful colors I'm seeing as, as great as my phone camera is, it just, so I, I like that taking a picture with my eyes. That's a good line.
0: Well, and so much of that is, is a feeling too. It's not, it can't, the the photo can't capture the feeling. Yes. Yeah. So, okay. Going a little bit deeper into your blue sky planner. So this is something you actually customized because you had some really specific desires of how it was laid out. Can you talk a little bit more about what that layout is and why you're liking it? And if, if all of that is still working well for you?
1: Yes. So I specifically wanted a month view at the front of the month. And then I wanted a weekly, I wanted a two page weekly spread, except for, I wanted all the days on the left and I wanted beautiful lines on the right so that I could, list tasks, make notes, use that kind of however I want it. And so the Blue Sky Planner lets you customize with the days of the week on the left. And then it has actually, it has lines. And at the top it says to-dos and it has little check boxes and then lines, which I love me a good check box. And then at the bottom it says notes and it's just lines. And so I've been able to use that to write down the you know key tasks for the week and then at the notes section you know like I'll have a staff member pop into my office and say you know oh here's what I think about X, Y, and Z. And I can I can just write those notes right there or like if I'm on a conference call or if someone calls me I can I can just make all kinds of notes down there. Not maybe specific action items. Some of them are sometimes action items but I can I have a capturing spot. And that has been working fairly well uh, for me. I, I used to use um, Charlie Gilkey's Productive Flourishing uh, monthly planner, free monthly planner that they had on their website, but they changed the design in January, which really peeved me. Um, so I sort of hacked how I was using my planner to kind of figure out how I could get the same result that that worksheet gave me as a, as a monthly overview of what tasks. And so far it's, it's working moderately well. Uh, and I'm still experimenting. I feel like the lines are a little smaller than I like. And sometimes I feel like my tasks get kind of crowded. So I'm experimenting with skipping a line and writing so that there's a little more white space. But, uh, so that's how I'm using the one side. And then the days of the week, if I have a day specific task, I'll write that there. I'm trying not to plan too far in advance. Uh, I'm do experimenting with a little time blocking on that schedule. I'll write out, you know, when I have certain appointments, um, on that and, it's going well. Uh, I do like it. I love, I mean, I'm, I love being back in the eight and a half by 11 space and I don't see myself not wanting to keep using it. I've done it. There was a contacts sheet right at the very front. And so I use that to write my current projects list. And so then I have, that's an easy flip to refer to it. So I can be like, okay, what's have I made progress on these projects? Okay. What's the next action for these projects? It's just a high level overview for me. So, uh, there's a little extra space that I've been able to customize to my liking too, which has been fun.
0: Do you ever use either, you know, planner stickers, if you will, or even sticky notes inside your planner to, I don't know, basically add extra space or even make it more interesting?
1: I not, not in my work planner. No. Uh, I did actually bring it home though and stamp my water tracker on the days of the week on the bottom right by the coil so that, cause I was really, I had done that in my, um, last planner and I was really missing it. And so I, I didn't think it was as necessary for this year for whatever reason, but I really missed it. So I brought it home and stamped Water trackers on each day for January and February to see how I like that, and so far I really like it. So, well, I've sometimes done a it's just a
0: little tweak like that that makes a difference.
1: Yeah. So I'm still experimenting. I'm. I think the most experimenting I and the most figuring out I still need to do is with the the actual day section because I don't have a clear like. It's not like I always write my appointments on the left. I've experimented writing them on a horizontally across the top of the box and then putting tasks. So I'm still playing around with the day view per se. Mm-hmm. Cause it's, it is different than having the daily planner like I had last year.
0: Yeah. I would say the only thing that I've done is so the Panda planner weekly has vertical columns, you know, it, it's kind of similar to the get to work book, but it has some more sections and more lines. And the Erin Condren really skinny sticky notepads actually fit perfectly (laughs) in that column. Nice. So, on some, not, I don't do it all the time, but when I really feel like I need to know, I need a list of like 10 things in order that I need to do today, including like, you know do your hair, you know, uh, start a load of laundry. Like when you're really wanting to iron out those like really specific tasks to feel like you're making progress, I will just slap one of those sticky notes on top of the column um, so that I have more room for like tasks
1: today. Oh, that's an idea.
0: Because when I'm sitting down for the week, I'm not like, I'm not listing out like do the dishes because they've piled up because I don't know what day that's going to happen, you know?
1: <laughs> right. I I do a little more customization with my Get to Workbook, and I'm a little more apt to use like washi tape or to stamp or decorate it. I don't use a lot of planner stickers. I have stamps, though. I have a stamp problem. And so I'll do that in my Get to Workbook more than I would do it in my work planner. Although stamping my water tracker has made me think maybe there's some more have to look at my planner stamps again and this weekend and see if there's anything else I could add that might help with how I'm going to organize those days.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a good segue into maybe what are some parts of your planning life that you haven't quite figured out yet? You mentioned that you're using, is it using the get to work book for your meal planning?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm not, I, I'm not loving it. I, I don't hate it, but it's not, it's not this, it's not a perfect solution. So I've been really doubling down on meal planning in January, partly because of my getting healthy goal. And so I've been on Sundays as part of my planning routine for the week, I plan out my food and everything and The Get to Work book has three boxes at the top, which you can use however you want, three priorities for the day or whatnot, and I've been using those for meal tracking, but there's not quite enough room for sometimes as much information as I want to include, so I'd like to find a different, I I mean, it seems a little excessive because I have my goal planner my power sheets goal planner and I have my get to work book and then I have my work planner it's like how many planners do you need but I was thinking about using the month overview that's in the power sheets as a meal planner I like that idea
0: like I've I might try that yeah I, I think that it's all about experimentation and I've learned to not worry about like picking some random month from the past and just experimenting. Okay. Can I use this for a monthly meal planner versus a weekly and realizing that if you didn't use it in the past, it doesn't matter now you can change the dates, but just to, to practice and to test something before you commit to something else. Um, with the the Panda planner, they had some printable sheets that I used for two weeks before I purchased. That was really helpful to see, is this something that's even going to work for me? Um, and with my, I have a Carrie L meal planner and it's a weekly meal planner but it has some a month overview that I've never used before. So I went back to like the very first month and I tried that and I I kind of like it. Um for, you know, planning a little bit further in advance. We've been doing some like Hello Chef and Home Chef meal kits. And so it was helpful to be able to see like in the future, okay, when do we have meals coming and then what how do I need to fill in the
1: blanks? Yeah. I like I really like a month overview. And so it's helpful to know like what nights we might, you know, be going out to dinner or what nights, you know, the girls have something early, so I might be on my own for dinner. And so I could see where the monthly overview could be really effective. And we've done HelloFresh too. And to know when those meals are coming and what you, you know, might want to do the prior week to use stuff up since you'll be getting these meals and, Mm -hmm. you know, it can definitely be a good planning tool.
0: So your your perspective on using the Power Sheets planner is interesting because to me, it's almost like I don't see myself going into it on a daily basis. I'm planning on pulling out the tending sheet and using washi tape to stick it inside of my panda planner. And then if I were ever to like use up, I'm about, I don't know halfway to two thirds through my current meal planner, I would consider using the monthly calendars in the beginning of my Panda planner for meal planning and really seeing that as my, like my go-to. And then the power sheets is more of the special thing that you get to with a cup of coffee and, um, but not something that I carry around.
1: So I right now have it sitting open on my desk to the tending sheet for January so that I can just see very quickly. I decided I was going to washi tape it into the front of my get to workbook monthly tab, but then I have to flip because I like having my get to workbook open to the week that we're in Mm -hmm. and seeing that whole week and then kind of being able to focus. So, but, and since I have some daily goals as part of my tending list, I didn't like the idea of having to flip back and forth. That makes sense. So that's what I'm doing. But I think I could use the monthly calendar to plan out Well, I think this just
0: like really illustrates how – it's an ongoing process you know as our lives change and our as we use tools more we see new ways of using them we uh sometimes desire more streamlined. sometimes we desire more complication
1: <laughs> well and i've always used as part of my my weekly planning i've always written in my get to workbook like when i've had lunch meetings or lunch plans with friends at so that i could kind of see okay I had never. I was never super great about packing my lunch, but it was kind of like okay. I, I need to figure out what I'm doing for lunch on these days, and I really this one of my big goal for January was no eating out, no eating out for work, no eating out at home with as a family. So i really had to be on top of it to pack my lunch every day. That uh, and the only day that I have something is I, I go to Rotary each week, and so now it's kind of like I ride in Rotary and then you know, four days a week, I'm packing my lunch and figuring out what we have. So it's an interesting evolution as your situations change or your priorities and focus changes. So I never really thought that I needed a meal planner before this, but now I'm kind of like, oh, it's nice to have that. And it's more about the room to kind of uh, plan the meals and like brainstorm you know and and I did a rough list on on Sunday uh, on a just a scratch sheet of paper to kind of and cross stuff out and then you know oh this really is you know serves 4 and I know that only you know Lucy and I are going to eat it so I'll have two extra servings and you know cross out oh I thought I'd have this here and move stuff around and I don't it's not that I don't want to get my get to workbook messy but I don't want to do all that planning on the, on the weekly view. Does that make
0: sense? Well, no, it
1: totally does. And
0: I like inside of my meal planner, there's like a place for like, what's in your freezer? And like some of your go-to meals that aren't recipes, just like, you know, you can write out what the meal is and you know how to make it. Um, I like having some of that space and there's notes areas too, to have something that's just for all of the stuff that's involved with the food. Cause I mean, it's a big part of our lives figuring out what we're going to eat and when we're going to eat it and how we're going to make it. And, you know, sometimes we like glance over that, but it really, there's a lot that goes into it.
1: Yes. It can be quite time consuming as I'm figuring out. So
0: maybe we could wrap things up here by bringing it back to scrapbooking and how your creative projects or your creative time fit into your planning system.
1: Well, that is a great question because as I worked through my power sheets and as I was working through my reflections in what I wanted to accomplish in twenty twenty. One of the big things for me to thrive is to really make time for my creative hobby, which, in all honesty, I, I usually I know myself and my seasons and the patterns of my family, and I do a lot more creating in the summer. but I also do a, I can do a lot of creating in the winter. And when I was thinking about what worked for me, I realized that going to the crop at my local scrapbook store really does work for me and then i th- and then for various reasons it turned out that in both january and february the date that they had the local crop didn't work for my schedule so i thought well but i know that friday nights right now for us are not a busy time and so why can't i just replicate that here at my in my home and really prioritize friday nights as crafty nights and so I've been doing that to moderate success and putting it on the calendar as an appointment with myself. And then I have another block of time on Saturdays and Sundays to where I try to either, uh, you know, send a photo order or edit some pictures. So I'm trying to really be to break those 15 minute tasks up, you know, and not think of it like, oh, I'm going to scrapbook, which means I have to order pictures or print pictures it's i'm trying to do more in small pockets of time that's awesome
0: i mean that's what we always recommend and i just i just love this idea of literally setting aside time on your calendar for creating and doing so in a way that you know is going to support you that's by yourself or with others Um, I think, you know, we keep talking about going back to accountability and I love, you know, the crops we have inside the membership and I love that you have a local crop that you could go to when that's convenient and, you know, sometimes we need that to keep us going and stay connected and to actually be productive.
1: Well, and the other benefit of taking my lunch to work every day and not going out to lunch with friends is that I have this space, I have this lunch break that I have not really ever utilize. And I was thinking about, again, how can I thrive during lunch break? And I've been using that time to watch a video uh, for, I'm taking I'm taking a couple of online classes. And so some of the videos are only 20 minutes and I only get a 30 minute lunch break. So it's been nice to to really double down on that time of how can I be intentional and not just, I mean, my default is always reading, of course, but I can, there's other times I can read, but watching a video is sometimes harder for me when I'm at home and my children are around or they want to know what I'm watching. And so, uh, it, that's been really a fun way to kind of make time for the hobby too. During my workday, it's a nice refresh and kind of gets me energized for the afternoon. And then like one day this week I edited photos or I worked on my digital workflow and edited photos on my phone. And that was, Find the
0: two. Well, and I hope that our audience uh, is maybe thinking of times in their life where maybe they're they're going to their default, whether that's reading or scrolling Instagram or, or who knows what. We all have things that we kind of default to um, during downtime or you know, just like or even low energy periods. How could you better utilize that time in a way that's going to uh nourish you more thoroughly I guess is a way of saying it doesn't mean those things can't be like fun and you know even uh help you feel refreshed but we know we all feel that much better when we're doing something that's good for us as well exactly well Alyssa this has been fun as always you know we talk all the time and I'm so glad we get to share some of that with our community here And to everyone out there, thank you so much for listening. Definitely go back and check out episode 43 if you haven't yet. And yeah, I look forward to so many more podcast episodes. This is actually episode number 52. And so we are now going to head into the next year of podcasts. And I think it's going to be fun.
1: I am really looking forward to who you have on. And I think the podcasts lately have been top notch. So good job to you.
0: Well, thanks so much. And again, thanks everyone for listening. And remember that you have permission to scrapbook your way.